At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the Nightcap coming to you live from the VSN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside. Wes Reynolds here. Um, before we get into all the happenings today in baseball, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about a trade that we saw tonight in Major League Baseball because the trade deadline's coming up here on August 2nd. This broke just about 40-ish minutes ago from ESPN's Jeff Passan, saying that the Seattle Mariners are finalizing a deal to acquire right-hander Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. The Consensus opinion was that Castillo was the best starter on the market. Yes. The Mariners were able to get him. Now they put him in a rotation with Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray. What do you think this does for the Mariners coming down the stretch here who sit currently at 45-1 well, to 1 I, over at DraftKings to win it's, the World it's, Series? I think it's very helpful, at least in the short term. Plus, they didn't have to give up Kirby, and he's been rumored. Now, you know, are the Mariners still a player for Juan Soto? I don't know. I'm not hearing a ton of buzz right now, but that Kirby would be in that deal, but uh, they do give up uh, three of their top five prospects uh, per MLB mm-hmm. pipeline. Uh, Noelve Marte, Levi Stout, Edwin Arroyo, and Dylan Moore confirmed, I believe by uh, Ken Rosenthal, that they were going to be going back to Cincinnati. And you know, Cincinnati that they were going to sell and they're doing the right thing because they need to build up that roster. They're not going anywhere. They're the worst team in the division in the national league central. So yeah, I, I like what the Mariners did. I think, uh, you know, add another arm to that rotation because 
Logan Gilbert's been very good this year, and he was pretty good in the start, even though he didn't get the win last night in Houston. But the metrics say that he could be due for a little bit of regression. I don't know how much regression. Sometimes a guy never does regress. He pitches above his numbers. So maybe Logan Gilbert continues to do that. Of course, they've got Robbie Ray. They've now got George Kirby. So uh, the bullpen, I'm interested to see if maybe they pick up arms uh, in the bullpen because I think it's uh, it's getting a little it's getting a little taxed at this standpoint. So uh, and certainly tonight, ten to one by the way, yeah. Astros here now going to the bottom of the eighth. So uh, Mariners looking to go zero and five in their last five against Astros. So uh, you know we'll see if uh, Diego Castillo gets back from the injured list. He's mm-hmm. battling a shoulder injury. If that could help out, you know that middle relief or that bullpen. But uh, Mariners, I think look. Uh, they're, they're in the race, at least for the wild card. I think the Astros are showing them, yeah. hey, you're not a factor in the division. You're not quite on this level. The division but, is over. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, getting into the wild card, though, I don't think that they're necessarily out of it. They're they're absolutely right in the mix when you look at the wild card right now. So I, I think uh, I think they'd be in the second spot. Toronto's in the first, mm-hmm. Mariners in the second, and then the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, and then Cleveland, Baltimore, the White Sox, Red Sox, kind of the four teams lurking outside of that. Yeah, Seattle Manor is definitely taking it on the chin tonight. Uh, getting to the games that we saw happening tonight here, uh, one notable one out in the Bronx between the New York Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. The Yankees are able to win that game 11-5, to the final, with a pretty big comeback after they were minus 400 favorites on the money mm-hmm. line there. The Royals were plus 310. The total, it goes well over that of 8.5, but... The star of the show, once again, Aaron Judge. All rise. Th- three, all rise. Three for five. He had two home runs, including a grand slam in this game. Six RBIs. This AL MVP race, Wes, to me, is going to be one of the more fascinating ones that we've seen in recent memory in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. I hope they lean into it and hype it up because it's two just mammoth superstars in Judge right. and Shohei Otani. You got a Judge ticket. I'm sure you're feeling good after what we've seen uh, post all-star break. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> now we have the biggest favorite of the season. I believe this is from FanDuel Sportsbook. Aaron Judge now minus 220 Woo! to win the AL MVP. We have not seen anybody reach that territory yet this season, but two home runs, number 40 and 41. You know, when we came on the air, that game was a rain delay, I believe in mm-hmm. the, I believe it, I think it was in the bottom of the they, seventh. They five were losing 5-3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it. Yeah, and then they re- did the game and all of a sudden it's like, how did they get eight runs so quick? Uh, that Aaron Judge Grand Slam, of course, capped it off. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, by the way, uh, got his first hit as a Yankee against his old club. He mm-hmm. was uh, acquired a couple nights ago by the New York Yankees. Did so. you hear that? He took the flight over with the Royals. Yes. <laughs> and so it's yes. Just, it's just See weird. Yeah. Thanks for the. It's been fun, guys. Thanks for the ride. <laughs> I'll, I'll holler at you, boy. I'll holler at you. You know, that that's kind of how it was. And I'm interested to see what the Yankees, what kind of players they are going to be. We know mm-hmm. that, you know, the young Steinbrenners uh, don't spend as much as daddy does. Don't spend like the boss does. But still, 67-33, I know it's kind of hard to say, you know, this team has a weakness. But you still got to fine tune. And it's kind of almost like a preemptive strike against the rest of the market and against the, uh, the chasers for you. So, uh. I would think bullpen might be in order because, uh, you know, Michael King got hurt and uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And they, that's where they've been playing kind of musical chairs. Uh, Clay Holmes and Peralta have kind of been sharing the closers role mm-hmm. a little bit with this team. But uh, just looking forward, you know, waiting on injuries. Michael King, obviously not coming back. Uh, 
Gill is out indefinitely. Miguel Castro went on the 50-day DL back in uh, middle of July. Chad Green, if he is ever going to get back with that elbow injury. So uh, Yankees, uh, I think maybe for a bullpen, I don't know if they're going to try to get a starter. I think the starting rotation, even though Garrett Cole, not very sharp tonight, I think the Yankees are probably going to try to get a bullpen and and maybe see if they can find a willing taker for Joey Gallo and some kind of a deal. Joey Gallo uh, might be playing his way out of the lineup. I know he has been a big disappointment up in the Bronx. Yeah, he's drawn a lot of ire from Yankee yes. fans yes. this whole season there, at least on social media from what I've seen. Interesting enough, over at BetMGM, now Aaron Judge minus 225 to win mm-hmm. AL MVP. Shohei Otani is at plus 230. So you're seeing now – these uh, well, the, the market is starting to favor and, judge and with part what of that playing. too is because of the uh, column i think it was john Heyman and joel sherman in the new york post last night they put it out there you know i don't think a deal is going to happen but it's like you know they're listening at least on shohei otani yes. because they're under a contract obviously mike trout with the big extension but mike trout who knows if he's coming back this year this back issue is a little bit more than a tweak and it'd be impossible to trade him right now. Obviously, they're not going to trade for an injured player and not knowing what the long-term prognosis is. But they say, you know, that these guys might be listening a little bit on Otani. I don't think anybody's going to be able to put the package together, at least yeah. for the deadline for Shohei Otani. We'll see what happens in the offseason. He has the arbitration year, I believe. Uh, I think he's scheduled to make only like $5 million. And obviously, 2024 is when he is going to cash in and cash in huge, oh, barring yeah. major injury. It'll be interesting to see who's going to, you know, Judge going to get more money or Otani going to get more money. I can't even conceive of the money Shohei Otani is going to get. Yeah, it, it's going to be north of uh, half a billion. Yes. That's for sure. Uh, once we get to that point in 2024. Uh, I'm very just fascinated by this whole AL MVP race. And the New York Yankees right now in the American League are two and a half games better than the Houston Astros. Do you think the Yankees have to have the best record in the AL for Judge to win MVP? I don't think necessarily. I think it's going to depend on his numbers. I mean, if we're going to get into the high 50s, close to 60 home run territory, it's going to be hard for Otani or anybody else really to overtake Mm -hmm. him. So I don't think that they have to have the best record. But now you look at the Astros, uh, they're right in the mix to try to chase down the Yankees. And and I think they would like to get a potential game seven in the ALCS at Minute Maid Park instead of having to go to the stadium. Uh, Currently Yankees 68 and 33 with that win added tonight. And then Houston likely to go to 66 and 35. They are up 11 to one here in the bottom of the eighth. So uh, two games back, I don't think that they're going to slow down necessarily. And I've been discussing, you know, is Justin Verlander, are they going to ever skip starts with this guy? Uh, And, and maybe not. Uh, He is 39 years old, obviously. So you don't want to wear this guy out really too much, but Justin Verlander just, he, I guess he's the Tom Brady of the NFL. Father time's <laughs> not catching up with him. Verlander, by the way, went seven and two thirds tonight. Five hits, only one earned, five strikeouts, one walk. So ERA now down to a paltry 181. Yeah, no, they, yeah, the, the Houston Astros, to me, they look like the best team in the American League from what I've seen so far here this baseball season, but we'll see what happens come October. Here. And the, the Mariners, look, after they got swept, they swept the Texas Rangers at home. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe they had a bad series, just kind of like the momentum stalled. They I had think. to regress eventually. Yeah, I mean, 14 well, straight wins. Well, and it just, stalled, you know, at the all-star yeah. break. And the last thing you want to do when you're on a roll is have like a bye week, right? Or a few days off. And they did. And then it stalled their momentum. And uh, the Houston Astros went ahead and took three up there in Seattle. Looks like they're taking the first two at the end of tonight. Yeah, it's 11-1 to going to the top of the ninth here. So 
barring the miraculous, there's no time limit on baseball, so it mm-hmm. could happen, but barring the miraculous, the Seattle Mariners will be dropping another game to the Houston Astros. One I want to bring up, too, uh, we keep waiting on the Chicago White Sox, and I know I mean, you've been hearing it ad nauseum from me. It's like, okay. I, I'm, I'm already invested, so now I'm just yeah. at the mercy of what the hell this team does. When is When is Lucas, Giol- <laughs> when are Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn going to pitch a little bit better? For Lance Lynn, unfortunately for him, it was not tonight. He got taken deep three times. Did strike out eight, but only goes five and two thirds, six hits, four and runs. Uh, you know, Lance Lanning just keeps struggling. And and mm-hmm. you got to go with them because you don't have anybody else right now. So it's like for the White Sox, are they going to be in line to uh, try to get some kind of arm? Because they need some desperate help. Dylan Cease can only pitch once every five days. And yeah. I know Cueto has been okay, but it's not just Lynn and it's not just Giolito. Michael Kopech has been very disappointing this year. So this Red Sox or this uh, White Sox rotation, rather, Vince Velasquez still out with a finger injury as well. Not very deep right now and uh, needing some answers very quickly. Thankfully for me, the Minnesota Twins have been struggling as well. Um, they have lost two straight. They trail the San Diego Padres right now in the bottom of the fifth, four to one. So if the Padres can hang on, then at least the White Sox are staying close yeah. despite losing these games. But yeah, the Chicago That's, White Sox team, now that I'm invested, I'm following what's going yeah. along and I'm not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Maybe this is just <laughs> going to be what they are. They run very hot and cold, by the way, yeah. back to that twins Padres game. Very encouraging outing for Blake Snell. He's gone five innings, 81 pitches, but five strikeouts, only three hits, one earned. So he's been kind of the chink in the armor there in that Padres rotation. So if they get him to come around, that's very good sign. Hey, Wes, I don't know if you heard or not, but there's a pretty big UFC card coming up tomorrow night in Dallas. And we're going to get our guest on to preview that. Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports talking all things UFC 277 next here on the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Femi Bebefe. And joining us now, we bring in Kevin Ioli, a combat sports writer over at Yahoo Sports. Kevin, we appreciate the time. Uh, tomorrow night, UFC 277 in Dallas, Texas. Julian Pena against Amanda Nunes. And I want to start with this main event here because we saw Julian Pena not weighing in until the very last minute earlier this morning. Uh, it, it, what do you make of that? Is there anything that we should take away from the, the last-minute weigh-in there from Pena's crew? You know, a lot of times you do make something of that. You say, hey, you know what, they're having trouble making weight, whatever. Uh, but if you saw Juliana today, she looked great. You know, didn't have that. In fact, if you looked side-by-side side when she and Amanda posed at the uh, ceremonial weigh-ins later, Amanda's the one that looked like she was having a little bit of trouble, right? You know, Amanda looked, you know, her eyes were kind of uh, sunken in, and that's always a telltale sign of a difficult weight cut. Um, I thought Juliana looked uh, really good, so I wouldn't really make too much of that. Kevin, uh, obviously, uh, Amanda Nunez trying to get the uh, rematch for her title that she lost to Juliana Pena, but uh, I wonder, because I've heard a lot of the discussion around this fight, well, it's like, well, Amanda Nunez, you know, she was coming off of COVID and, you know, maybe maybe that's the excuse for, for the performance. But you've been covering this game a long time and you've seen fighters that look like they're unstoppable. And then all of a sudden they get a little bit older overnight in that cage. Uh, do you think it was just a blip on the radar for Amanda Nunez or are we starting to see maybe some skills diminish here? Well, I, I think the thing with Amanda has always been, if you go back to her last loss, which was Katzen Gano before that, the fight was almost exactly the same as it was with Juliana. Amanda came out strong, was in charge, looked like she was going to finish Kat. Kat hung on. But then when it got to a certain point in the fight, Amanda was gassed, and Amanda you know, wasn't able to you know, hit, you know, keep uh, pushing the pace, and Kat you know, came back. And I think what you saw in the Pena fight was exactly that. You know, the first round was very grappling heavy. And, you know, for people who don't know, grappling takes more out of the fighters than uh, striking does. And so she, Amanda went back to her corner after that first round, and she was really gassed. And you know, she comes out in the second. And I think if, if she would have landed her best shot, she could knock Juliana out and would have maybe won that fight. But she's landing good shots, not her best shot. And Juliana stood there and took it. 
and Amanda just totally gassed out. She had nothing left. I, so I don't think that's a fighter who is at the end of the line. I think that's a fighter who has had a fundamental problem in her career and really needs to figure out a way to fix that. And that might be why she actually left American Top Team. We're speaking with Kevin Ioli, combat sports writer over at Yahoo Sports there. So if it was just a blip in the, not a blip in the radar, but something that she just needs to figure out because it happened the last time, do you have faith that Nunes can figure it out and maybe her camp has sorted all those issues out to where maybe she is a rightful favorite despite what we saw the first go around? Yeah, you know, like I like Nunes in the fight, but it's it's one of those fights where, you know, I, I am not like – a lot of times when I make my plays, like I really feel strongly, like I really feel pretty strongly about Brandon Moreno uh, to win uh, to win the co-main event. Um, I I think Amanda wins this uh, fight, but you know, it, it, like Juliana was a ten to one underdog that last time, mm-hmm. uh, and now she's a, almost a three to one underdog. It, it's amazing the lack of respect she's getting, but that shows, you know, I think the respect that Amanda deserves given what she's done in her career, you know, 51 seconds with Chris Cyborg knocked out Holly Holm, 48 seconds with Ronda Rousey, you know, submits Misha Tate, you know, uh, two wins over Valentina Shevchenko. I think people are looking at this and saying, Hey, you know what? We can, uh, turn our, you know, look, look away from that one loss that she had because she's done so much good. Real real quick here, just want to follow up, Kevin. Uh, The total on this fight's two and a half. Do you see this being a fight that ends early, or could it potentially go the distance even if Nunes wins this thing? I I don't think it's going to go the distance, but I like the over in this one because I think you're going to see Amanda kind of pace herself. Now, Amanda is a killer, and if she gets the opportunity to you know to land something and finish, she will. You know, Juliana is as well, but Juliana doesn't have that that one punch power that's going to put somebody out. So for Juliana to kind of win the fight, I think, you know, just like she did last time, you know, she had a gas, Amanda, you know, kind of take time and, and set it up. And then she was able to throw her to the matting and put the rear naked choke on her. So that's going to take her some time. And if we assume Amanda's even as much as 10% better, I think that pushes the fight into the second half. I don't know that it necessarily goes all the way, but I do think it'll go into the second half of the fight. Kevin, you mentioned Brandon Moreno, and he is in the uh, co-main here against Kai Kara France. Uh, Brandon Moreno, of course, uh, comes off that great trilogy over the last couple of years that we've seen with Devis and Figueredo. They are 1-1-1 one, one, and one respectively, so we'll see if, uh, if a fourth fight is added to that trilogy down the line. Maybe that'll be after this one, but don't get caught looking ahead here. Kai Kara France, a uh, uh, very game. I know that you like Moreno. Is there is there a way for Kai Kara France though to pull that upset with Moreno? Perhaps looking ahead to a fourth fight with Devison Figueredo. I think, of course, there is. You know, you look at what Kara France has done in his last two fights. So he goes against Askar Askarov, who is, you know has that uh, great wrestling background and a guy you do not want to get taken down by. And Carter France was stuffing those takedowns and, and was able to beat him. Then he gets into the Cody Garbrandt fight where you know when you fight Cody Garbrandt, if you hit him, it's going to turn into a slugfest. Mm-hmm. It, he hit Cody, it turned into a slugfest, and Carter France was able to knock him out. So I, I certainly think he has the tools to win this fight. But I think, you know, when you look at it, um, that Brandon has more tools. And, you know, if you look at the three fights with Figueredo, Figueredo's in the pound-for-pound pound list, and justifiably so right now. Moreno could have won all three of those. That first fight, you know, was a uh, split draw. 
you know, he had one more judge go his way. He wins that fight. The third fight, you know, I actually scored the third fight for him. You know, I gave him the fifth round. That was the deciding round. Two judges gave it to Figueredo. One gave it to Moreno. So, you know, I, I think Moreno has more ways to win. I like him there, but I certainly would not look past Kaikara France. Yeah, right now we're seeing that one. Brandon Moreno's minus 210 here at Circa. Then Kaikara France plus 180. The total Basically sitting up around where it opened, I yeah. think. But one fight that we've seen the favorite flip is the heavyweight fight further down the board between Sergey Pavlovich and Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. Uh, Derek Lewis opened as the favorite at minus 130. Now he's getting plus 135, the dog. Do you agree with that movement there uh, in favor of Sergey? No. I, I'll tell you what, I like Lewis in that fight. Um, and I like Lewis kind of big in that fight. You know, if you look at who uh, Pavlovich has fought, you know, hasn't been in, you know, Alistair Overeem, but Overeem beat him. And then other than that, you know, guys that aren't at the level of an Overeem right. or a Derek Lewis. And, uh, you know, Derek Lewis is not a guy that I think Pavlovich is going to get down to the ground. You know, Derek is, uh, is pretty savvy. He knows most people are going to try to take him down. And, all it takes for Derek, you know, you think go back to that fight. What was it, 2018, 2019, with uh, Alexander Volkov? You know, where Volkov's just beating the pants off him the whole fight, and 20 seconds to go, and Derek lands, you know, lands that big shot and, and ends it. And you know, that's the thing when you have Derek Lewis, he kind of has that, you know, power that that goes with him for you know five rounds or three rounds. Uh, of course, for his, his favorite, it's a three round fight this time. So I, I like Lewis. You know, I, I think it's going to be a difficult fight for Pavlovich to get him to the ground, and uh, if they're standing up, I'll bet on Lewis landing something. Kevin, I was paying attention to the First Strike podcast, which you appeared on earlier this afternoon on VEASAN, and uh, I saw a big, nice underdog uh, on the opener on the main card that you like this night, and it is uh, Ankaleev, who is about... uh, what is he now? Close to a five dollar yeah, like favorite. Plus, plus forty five. Yeah, I'm and, and you're going with the dog. You uh, think uh, Lionheart still got something left in the tank here? I do. You know, I mean, you know, you, if you look at what Anthony, you know, he, he is good in all spaces, right? And it um, it's a very tough fight. You know, uh, Megamanekalayev is a, a really good uh, complete, but he, you know, he's just good everywhere. He's not great anywhere that I see, right? And I don't think he looked great his last time out. And I look at Anthony Smith, and I think Anthony is in a situation where he says to himself, you know, this is my last shot. If I win this fight, I probably get a title shot. You know, I'm next in line. Uh, if I don't win it, then I'm done. And so I, I think Anthony uh, is, is a smarter fighter than Ankalaev. I think he uh, has a lot of tools. And so I like him in the fight. You know, I, I, if he was $2, you know, maybe I don't like him. But it, I, when I uh, made that pick, it was 425 earlier today, plus 425. Anthony Smith is too good of a fighter, and Ankalaev is not a sure thing to, to, to have that. So that's why I went there. I think it's just a value play that makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's great information there. So we got a couple of frisky dogs to end up this main card here over at UFC 277 in Dallas. He is Kevin Ioli, combat sports writer over at Yahoo Sports. Kevin, we appreciate all the time and safe travels going down to Dallas tomorrow. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thank you for the time, Kevin. I like me a little dog. Almost five to one. That is a big one. And, <laughs> and look, uh, Uncle Iev, I think the rightful favorite there. Mm. But if you look, was he beating some guys on the decline? And Anthony mm. Smith... They were thought he was on the decline, but he's won three in a row coming in. So uh, he is Lionheart for a reason. Yeah, and we might have a live dog as well in the main event with Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. Like you mentioned, it was almost 10 to 1. You could have got Pena in the last fight there to win that match. And uh, she got it done. So we'll see if she can get it done again as a dog. But 
The market apparently likes Nunez, at least as of now. On the other side, we'll go back to baseball here on the Nightcap. This is VCB Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of. $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 plus only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and always drink responsibly. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circus Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside Reynolds. Good to talk with Kevin Ioli last segment about uh, UFC 277. A lot of uh, fights this weekend. Of course, the the big fight in professional wrestling is SummerSlam at Nissan oh, Stadium in Nashville tomorrow. Oh. And also on Sunday in Nashville, it is going to be the Nature Boy Ric Flair's final match. He is in a tag team with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, who is married to his daughter, Charlotte Flair. They're going against uh, Jeff Jarrett. Beeson guest multiple times, Double by the J. way. Double J joined uh, myself and Dave Ross several times talking SEC football throughout the year. So uh, Double J uh, going to face Ric Flair in his last match, tag team in with Jay Lethal. I just happened to notice down the timeline they are doing this roast of Ric Flair uh, Friday night here there in Nashville. And uh, The Rock even sent in a video for those that couldn't be there. So uh, I don't think know. I'd want to get roasted by The yeah. Rock because he's, yeah. he's elite on the mic. Yeah, he is. But And, and then Ric Flair, <laughs> if you saw that WWE Hall of Fame speech years ago, they had to – Triple H had to come out and drag him off the stage because Flair could have went all night when you have that kind of career. Yeah. He was going like three or four hours that night. So uh, this is probably going to be another marathon session in Nashville for the Flair roast. Well, we tip the cap to the nature boy uh, as, he, as, as he finishes out the career, the, uh, the kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Jet Limous- flying, limousine, limousine riding, riding, son of a gun. <laughs> I've heard that promo so many times, but it never gets old. It never does get old. Ric Flair, he's, uh, he has a, he's culturally relevant. Yes, you know, and, and and his his swagger, his yes. whole thing that he brings to the table, um, it spans across. It's kind of amazing because people thought Hulk Hogan was the bigger star, but they felt Ric Flair more, especially yeah. if you grew up in the South, where he was part of the NWA Jim yeah. Crockett promotion. So, uh, congratulations to Nate. Yeah, Hulkamania did run wild on us, but uh, you know, I think Ric Flair he takes the cake there for a lot of the old school wrestlers. For a lot of us in this generation, maybe the younger kids, it's you can't see me, John Cena. Who mm-hmm. knows what they like now these days. Um, just get you caught up. On I know because we're going to be going the rest <laughs> yeah, of the show we'll, talking we'll wrestling. Yeah, so get yeah, us on we track, got, we please. Get out, yeah, we're not going to get into the attitude era. We'll get into the American League and the National League over in the MLB, starting in the NL. We got some games going on right now. The Dodgers lead the Colorado Rockies five to two in the top of the ninth out there in Denver. Dodgers went off as minus two forty five favorites. The total of eleven and a half. So we're trading toward the under mm-hmm. clearly there with yeah, seven. Dodgers runs had to get it by themselves. I was on the over last night. They had to get it by themselves. Uh, Thirteen <laughs> enough, and uh, so a good night last night. Not so much tonight. Early action didn't go my way, but uh, speak. You know, you're talking about attitude. The Dodgers sixty six and thirty two. Uh, what are they going to do 
at the deadline. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like strengthening strengths, basically, because yeah. they have the best bullpen. They have one of the best starting rotations. They have one of the most potent lineups, uh, even though only 10 hits tonight in Coors Field. Yeah. But nevertheless, it the isn't. offense has been kind of. Yeah. Eh. So you could see them maybe go for a bat. I don't know. I mean, there's always the potential that they get involved in this Juan Soto thing. Because, I mean, look, just money, shut it down. Mo- money, do. <laughs> money's no object, really, with these guys. But yeah, the Dodgers, you know, just kind of cruising right now, but the Padres, obviously, they're not wanting to settle where they are. Padres mm-hmm. in action currently now 10-1. to 1. Yes. That got opened up. Uh, Joe Ryan has been the Twins' ace really all year. Uh, rough night for Joe Ryan and Petco. Four and two-thirds, 10 earned runs, and eight hits. Gave up five home runs tonight, Joe mm-hmm. Ryan. So all those great metrics are uh, going to take a hit, certainly tonight. Gave up a two-run shot to Voight. Gave up one to Kim. Gave up one uh, to uh, Eric Hosmer. Manny Machado with the two-run shot, and then Alfaro with the grand slam was the coup de gras. As someone who was invested in Chicago White Sox, plus 140 to win the AL Central, I smile mm-hmm. anytime I see the Minnesota Twins lose a game. Yeah, so, and, uh, and they haven't lost it just yet. They can still come back, but they're in a pretty big hole. And the boys were in here at the top of the show, uh, obviously taking a trip out to San Diego. Yes. Uh, Joe Musgrove, we mentioned, five years, $100 million. I don't know if he's part of a trade deal or if somebody else is going to be part of a trade deal, but clearly they are in the mix for Juan Soto. Yeah. Yeah. That, that geez. Imagine that we had darn a trip on uh, earlier this week of NBC, San Diego, a sports anchor reporter out there. He said, this fan base is clearly clamoring for Juan Soto. Uh, they can taste it. And I understand why they would try to make that sort of a deal because mm-hmm. if you trade for Soto, that gives you this pennant race and then two more pennant races right. before you even have to try to extend him. No, I would imagine that they would try to extend him and work something out before it got mm-hmm. to the 11th hour. But the think of the possibilities there with the young nucleus surrounding right. Soto with Tatis and Machado. And are they just going to be able to get that with prospects too? Or are mm. they going to have to put, you know, a veteran in the deal? Are they going to have to put Hosmer in the deal? Uh, we're going to see when Will Myers finally comes back. He's been out of the starting yeah. lineup for the Padres too. So even if they make that deal, I don't think they're catching the Dodgers, but uh looks like a pretty good bet for the wild card. If you're San Diego. Yeah, And when you get into the, to the tournament, anything can happen, yes. which is what we've seen in baseball. Cause it is random the postseason there. Also in the National League, the Chicago Cubs, they lead the San Francisco Giants out in the Bay Area. One nothing. Yeah, in Patrick the top Wisdom the just took uh, Alex Cobb deep here. So the first run of the game now, one to nothing. Uh, Alex Cobb, man, you look at his numbers. He's had some miserable luck this year. A couple of these Giants starters. And the Giants right now, 49 and 50. Remember, this team won 107 games last year. Oh, yeah. They're not going to win 107 <laughs> games now. So it's like, are they going to sell? Because uh, And they've had a little bit of bad luck. I talk about Alex Cobb. He's got an XFIP under three. So usually you got an XFIP under three. You're one of the elite starters in the game, but uh, just hasn't been able to hold up, doesn't get run support when he starts. So I think the Giants are kind of one of those teams on the precipice. They might want to think about selling, but what do they have to sell? And that's probably their starting rotation, which has been the strength of the team. You just look up and down that lineup, and it's like, Nobody really grabs you, Femi. Like a real, they don't have like a real young prospect in that lineup that I think is going to bring a big return. Well, I'm looking at the Giants' schedule, and they closed out the first half of the season so well, winning five of six. But then when you look at what they did in the second half, just a wretched road trip going to the Dodgers mm-hmm. and then to the Diamondbacks, where you lose seven straight to get to two games under 500, and that there kind of just took this off the wheels because I think a lot of people thought that. Leading into the All-Star break, they also could have been a team that went for Juan Soto. But now, where you're sitting right now, just under 500. They're kind of in in purgatory right now, basically. So do you stand pat or do you see, you know, 
hey, can we make some kind of a deal and, and get somebody and maybe you're going to have to offload one of your starters. I'm sure uh, the phones are ringing out there in San Francisco this evening. Also in the American League, the Texas Rangers, they lead the Los Angeles Angels 2-1 to one out in Anaheim. They're in the top of the seventh. The total in that game was 7.5, so we're trending toward the under. Uh, it was minus 110 each way, but you see the live market there. Texas minus 135 on the money line. The, the Angels an- plus 275. The Angels are just so bad. Uh, Otani had a nice outing last night, 11 strikeouts. Uh, no run support last night, of course, for uh, one Shohei Otani because because why you know, would you want that? Yeah, well, we were talking about you know this MVP race and how it's going up and down. That it seemed like there was a new superlative every time Shohei Otani did something. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy since 1926 to have this many strikeouts and this many RBIs in a game. The superlative tonight, though, was Aaron Judge. Uh, most home runs before August in yep. the history of the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge at 41 in 2022 this year the only guy to do that babe ruth back in 1928 who we compare shohei otani to very often as a two-way player in baseball babe ruth also had 41 in 1928 before august otani tonight is uh, 0 for 3 at the plate is there any bone in you that fears Otani still based on what he's able to do at the plate and also on the mound? A little bit because I think that there is some goodwill for Shohei Otani because there's been so many commentators out there that are like, yeah, this guy can't be the face of baseball because of the language barrier and whatnot. But every time you see these videos and you see these video clips on television, he gets mobbed at the ballpark everywhere he goes. People He's the most lo- popular people, player. People love the guy. It doesn't matter with the language. Uh, the language of baseball, I guess, is universal. So, uh, yeah, I think that there at least is some goodwill. I don't think it's going to be penalized against him because we saw Mike Trout. They were well under 500 when he yeah. won one of his MVPs. So, they're going to look at the numbers. I think the voters are a little bit more sophisticated now where now that more metrics have come into the game and analytics, they're kind of going to look at all the different stats. It's not just going to be, you know, if you're judging a pitcher, okay, what was his win-loss record? Yeah. Because you know how it is. It's a totally different game now. Yeah, win-loss and ERA, that's what they used to go with yes. back in the day. Yeah, and now they're, now they're looking at XFIP and walks and hits per innings pitched and uh, – Barrel rate, ground ball rate, and strikeout rate. So, uh, and, and every acronym you can imagine. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're looking at it here, uh, which is the fascinating thing to me with this AL MVP race. And we'll wrap it up here with this segment. Is that right now? Judge leads in WAR, wins mm-hmm. above replacement, which I think is a, a metric that a lot of folks look at when talking about who's quote unquote most valuable to their team. Judge right now is, has surpassed Jordan Alvarez. He surpassed Otani based on how he's been hitting the ball uh, post-All-Star. Yes, exactly. War, what is it good for? It might be good for <laughs> winning MVP for Aaron Judge if he keeps hitting home runs like that. Now 41, uh, two shots a night, including a grand slam. Yeah, it's just going to really be a really fun, fun race here. And if Otani isn't traded, I think maybe you see a little buyback in on Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Just because I think some people get spooked a little bit when they hear that trade rumors. Because if he gets traded to the National League, then it's over. Right. You know, then it's done. So uh, if, as long as he stays in the American League, I think that uh, Otani might be a little bit of buyback post All Star break. But we'll see how this thing unfolds out in the AL MVP race. Don't go away, though. The nightcap. We're still rolling along here from the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. football guide is out now search your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams including team trends power ratings and over under recommendations plus our best season win total bets heisman hopefuls and playoff predictions the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a vsin all access subscriber did you hear that you got to become a subscriber if you want to get the guide. So sign up for VEASAN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Femi Bebefe. Wes was a big part of our college football betting guide as well. Wes, can you kind of... Let the folks know what they're getting into once they become a subscriber and they get this guy. Yeah, what you get, you're getting all the previews. And then we have over-under recommendations that are not necessarily bets, but this is what, you know, some of them are. But Mm -hmm. we did do a recommendation just kind of based on the schedule and what we wrote and what we saw with the team. So we have that in there. We have season win total bets. We have playoff bets. Uh, 
you know, to make the playoff or to potentially win the national championship. And then we have a table with all of our uh, various uh, quote, quote unquote experts. I use that quote unquote with me, uh, you know, not everybody else. They <laughs> no. are experts. I'm he's, the quote he's sandbagging. Unquote. He's but, sandbagging. But Wes, yeah, Wes has got great information. We predict all the conferences, mm-hmm. uh, not just uh, the, the big boys like the Big Ten and the SEC. We have MAC predictions, Mountain West. Sunbelt, uh, what we think the independents are going to be. Of course, that's led by Notre Dame and BYU and the company. So, uh, yeah, 131 pages, a lot of uh, trends there and various angles that you can play. Evaluation, I think Steve Mackinnon always writes a column in terms of uh, who are the better first-year coaches in terms of their situations with programs and just evaluating uh, everything with returning trends, analysis, what have you, you name it, we got it in the CFB betting guide. And believe me, folks, college football, you need this because with the transfer portal, the head coaching changes, this was the yeah. offseason of change. Yeah. It's a lot to keep track of when you're talking about 131 Yeah, teams. you still got some super seniors. I know a lot of them were last year, so some teams, they've exhausted those COVID years. Mm-hmm. Some still have some coming back. But kind of the funny thing is, as we are talking about the college football betting guide, of course, we get the email Hey, time to turn to the NFL betting guide. We're like, oh man, you know, we're bet we're fi- we're done with it, and we finally got the thing out. But we're going to be having an NFL betting guide here in so, about I think three weeks from now. Make sure to look out for that there. And these guides, I'm telling you, it's meaty, meaty, meaty stuff on yes. each team, and it's not just the Power Five teams; it's also the Group of Five teams and the independents, like Wes outlined. So make sure to get that and subscribe to Visa and get that all access subscription. You can get the guide and you can win some bets in college football this year because that seems like it's a lot of fun. At least it does to me. It should to you as well. Uh, let's talk about the Big Ten because you wrote about the Big Ten in the guide. The Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. Now, I almost wonder, should we even have the Big Ten East discussion? Because Ohio State is at minus 320 to win this division. Yeah. Michigan, the defending conference champion, is at 4-1. to one. Penn State, plus 950. Michigan State, 18-1. to one. Maryland, 80-1. to one. Indiana, 120-1. to one. Barring injury, is there any scenario in which Ohio State does not win the Big Ten East. Yeah, I don't think so. They do have two road games that are kind of maybe their potential slip-ups. They got to go to Michigan State, and they also got to go to Penn State, but they're probably going to start out 5-0. and They're going to be double-digit favorites in every game. The offense, you know, is going to be super explosive, of course, with C.J. Stroud coming back. 71.9% completions last year, 44-35 in the yards, 44 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Him and Bryce Young, rightfully kind of the co-favorites, depending on the market. You have Smith and Jigba back, arguably the best receiver in the history of the Ohio State program. Which says a lot. Yeah, when you have two guys drafted in the top 11, then you look at the Chris Carters, Joey Galloway's, David Boston, some of the great ones that they have had. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., by the way, a pretty good pedigree for Marvin Harrison Jr. He's (laughs) going to step in and be that second option. Offensively, they're going to be explosive. Can the defense improve? And that's what Jim Knowles has brought in to do from Oklahoma State. Top 10 national defense down there in Stillwater gave up 18.1 points a game. But this group did give up over 30 on five occasions last season. As impotent as that offense was, they couldn't just outscore teams and get into the college football playoff. So, look, you win a Rose Bowl in, in a classic game against Utah, and it's a disappointing season winning 11 games, but that's not good enough in Columbus. Yeah, they're going to win this division. I'm kind of interested to see what the pecking order is really going to be behind them. Everybody kind of points to Michigan, but a lot of changes up there in Michigan. New offensive coordinators, co-coordinators, Matt Weiss and Sharon Moore, because Josh Gaddis, I mentioned earlier, he is now down with Mario Cristobal at the U. And on defense, Jesse Minter takes over as D.C. Uh, Mike McDonald now working for Jim's brother, John, at the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, you know, Bolt brother uh, uh, taken from uh, Jim's staff. And 
you know, I, I'm really interested, too, in what the psyche of this Michigan team is because, obviously, Jim Harbaugh, the quote-unquote stock, wasn't higher when you finally beat Ohio State. You mm-hmm. finally win a Big Ten title for the first time in many years. I think I think it was 04 was the last time they won the Big Ten title. Uh, and then you get to the CFP for the first time. You finished third ranked in the country. That was the best ranking they had since 1997. And Harbaugh, you know, he kind of got put out there. He was flirting with the NFL. I I thought it was going to the Vikings. I I think if they would have offered him the job, he was going to take it. He kind of saved face because I don't think that they offered him the gig. So he goes back to Ann Arbor and, you know, are these guys going to start asking questions where it's like, hey, you going to stick around here, boss? Or are you looking to get back in the NFL? So that's one reason I'm a little lukewarm on this team. They also need to see what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. It was split duty, even though McNamara, Cade McNamara got the bulk of the work. But J.J. McCarthy, he's going to be hard to keep off the bench. He's more mobile and actually has a stronger arm, even though he was pretty much the number two guy last year. Uh, They lose a couple starters on that offensive line. I still think they'll be able to run the ball. It might be down in terms of the production from last year. So lean on the under for Michigan at nine and a half at plus money, even though I like the fact that they got back to their identity of what Michigan football, what we project them to be, you know, run the football don't allow a lot of sacks, uh, mm-hmm. get in the backfield, tackles for loss, sacks, but 25 of those 34 sacks from last year, Femi, are now in the National Football League with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. So to me, that sounds like Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten East. Yes. That's <laughs> what it sounds yes. like there. Because uh, I was trying to, I'm trying to look. I mean, look, uh, Michigan State, Mel Tucker is hitting the portal hard and getting a lot of talent, yeah. but you wonder – how long you can keep doing that because the portal is going to be interesting because you can't rely too much on it. And then uh, Penn State trying to do a little bit of a reset. Sean Clifford comes back for another year. They were 5-0 and when then yeah. he got hurt I, at I, Iowa and then yeah. they went in the tank. Even Clifford, I'm not a fan of him either. I mean, that's I, I, I've been on, oh. in on Penn State in some years, but I mm-hmm. just – there's just something missing there from Sean Clifford. To well, where... what's missing is helping him as a running game because – they did not have a 100-yard rusher all last season. They were 118th nationally in running the football. And part of it, too, was because the backup to Clifford, who had to play a couple games, you know, it was too much. It was too mm-hmm. much for him. He was a freshman. He wasn't ready for that. And they could uh, – but you don't expect that out of Penn State, really, that they can't run the ball. They're almost like tailback you in terms of, you know, the East Coast. USC obviously fills that on the West Coast. But – they haven't really run the ball great since Joe Moorhead was the offensive coordinator, and that was back when uh, Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders were there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Penn State, they got to shore up that offense. I think the defense, even though they lose Brett Pry to Virginia Tech, that defense is going to be pretty good with uh, Manny Diaz as the coordinator. Yeah, Penn State was also the team that was in a nine-overtime game against Illinois yes. last year. That, and couldn't score from the two-yard line. Nine overtimes, 20-18. to 18. That is a game that we all had to watch last year. Uh, the Big Ten West, the favorite to win this division, Wisconsin at plus 190, Nebraska's plus 380. You have Iowa at 4-1, to one, Minnesota plus 450, Purdue 5-1, Illinois 28-1, to one, Northwestern at 80-1. to one. Paul Stone, who we had on in the first hour, says that Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, maybe a little Sky Uma, row the be. boat. Could be a frisky team out west, but Wisconsin leads the way at plus one. In terms of who's coming back, and I was talking with the gentleman from Nebraska about the Cornhuskers this year, who now have Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator. It'll be interesting to see if Scott Frost just says, who was an offensive coordinator with success for many years in college football, and says, Mm -hmm. okay, dude, your show, let's run this up-tempo. But when you look at who's coming back, they're never a sexy team, but they're always effective, and that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. The quarterback play was not very good last year with – Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla. 
Iowa is going to be who they are. I know Kirk Ferentz's son, Brian Ferentz, who's the offensive coordinator there in Iowa City. They're always saying, hey, mix up the offense, you know, get a little bit more creative. Iowa is who they are. And Kirk Ferentz, you know, almost a quarter century there as the Iowa head coach, he's going to be set in his ways. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be very good defensively, very disciplined, force a lot of turnovers. They got four starters back on the offensive line, so I think they should be able to protect Petrus and also run the ball. The schedule, they got three games at home to start the season. They could be 4-0. I know they got that Cyhawk game. That's usually yeah. a coin flip, but they could be 4-0 if Michigan coming in. If they beat Michigan, this team, I think, could be a little bit better. So Iowa is kind of the team I lean a little bit to in the West. Purdue maybe could surprise because Purdue might have the best offense in the entire Big Ten West. Aiden O'Connell, former walk-on, they love to throw the ball. Purdue hadn't been able to run the ball for about 20 years. Maybe I think <laughs> since like Mike Allstott was there. But, you know, Purdue could be very interesting and a very tough opener for Penn State, by the way, going to ross Aid at West Lafayette. So Penn State has to open with a conference road game yet again. Yeah. Penn State also goes to Auburn this year as well, don't they? Yes. Yeah, they go to Auburn, but at least that doesn't count against the conference schedule there. But uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy for the Nittany Lions to also uh, reside in the same uh, division. Ohio State Buckeyes, that's going to be a tough one for them as well. The nightcap, we're still rolling along here. Hour number three on the other side, going to the NFL next here on VSIN. Preseason football kicks off next month, and the VEASAN team has been prepping all summer. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power readings, VEASAN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts. NFL veterans Mike Pritchard, Superins Mike Pritchard, Superins Mike Pritchard, Superins Mike Pritchard. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.